Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. I'm your host Chloe Bloxham and I'm joined by Chris Collin as we react to the Champions League draw that happened today and we're also going to preview Liverpool's weekend game against Bournemouth. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. It is a 3pm kickoff on Saturday. Uh, But to get us started, I'll start with the Champions League draw. Chris, what were your thoughts on the draw? We obviously got Napoli, Rangers and Ajax. Um, And I kind of, I want to know what your original thoughts were when we were picked as the second team and we got put in with Ajax because we could have got Porto, obviously, who we've had before, but the other group was Bayern Munich and I was extremely happy we avoided them. I think you've just taken the words right out of my mouth, Chloe, to be honest. Um, When it got to that stage and Liverpool came out and then it said the the, uh, available groups were A, B and C, I was sat there just thinking, not, not C. Not see, not see, because in the past, yes, you know, we have been so confident about going up against teams. And ultimately, in the Champions League, you are going to face the creme de la creme at some point, and Bayern Munich are very much amongst them. But with the situation at the moment with the squads and everything like that, and us not knowing what, what the scheduling of the games is going to be, you'd rather not face one of the big boys right here, right now. Um, so it's not to disrespect Ajax at all, as I'm sure I'm sure it's not not uh, not disrespecting it with the, your opinion either. But it was very much a case of thank you not having Bayern Munich in the group stage. Um, I think I can't remember the last time they lost a group stage game as well. I think they've got some sort of mad winning record at the moment. So yeah, in all honesty, that was very much my first reaction. Yeah, I think Ajax is also, you know, you said not to disrespect them. I actually think it was uh, applaud to Ajax because um, I I remember we got them in lockdown and everyone felt like they'd been deprived of an unbelievable away game. Um, And I'm very, very, like, Porto wouldn't mind it because I don't want to say it's easy, but it's very familiar and it's Portugal, who doesn't mind that? Um, But Ajax, it's the game that, if I was to choose an away day, I'd probably go for Ajax. So I was very, very glad we got them. Um, I'll talk about Napoli. I'm I'm a bit sick and tired of getting Napoli. I don't know what you think. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm guessing. I think it's because I think of it as an away day and also their fans coming to Anfield. And it's just, it's not it's not a game that you really want to go to, to be honest. It's, um, it's a bit like when I saw Marseille, I thought... Oh, Tottenham might have a horrible time up in uh, Gabon Marseille. Um, but what do you think about Napoli? Obviously, the season we did win the Champions League, we faced them. Uh, I think you can remember that. Alison Becker, unbelievable save. And also, I think Salah in the same season uh, put Koulibaly on, on the floor and, and, and slotted it. Um, Napoli, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, I think last, or certainly in the group stage, Two two seasons running it was wasn't it? Um, I remember because I was in the cop end that night uh, when when the ball went over. Um, I think Fabinho it got flicked beyond Fabinho and uh, and Milik was through and you just you sat there almost expecting it to 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 hit the back of the net because as well Liverpool 
low key, that was an amazing European performance from Liverpool as well. Just because the amount of chances Liverpool created that night, they just didn't take them. I remember Mane um, was through late on as well, a few great opportunities. But yeah, when it falls to Milik, you are just expecting it to to hit the back of the net. And that was Allison's first major, major moment, I feel, in a Liverpool shirt. I think he made a great save from Gross for Brighton, Hazard for Chelsea a bit earlier on in the season as well. But in such a defining moment, that was one of his biggest moments very early on for Liverpool, wasn't it? Um, I'd say it's, it's a new breed for Napoli, though, as well now, isn't it? Because they've lost Kula Bali, obviously gone to Chelsea. Dries Mertens, he's gone to Galatasaray. So there are some of the new breed coming through. You've got Victor Off- as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yes, they don't have Ancelotti, yeah. who was their manager at the time. And actually, at the time of recording, I think they are the first in Syria at. Yeah. So um, it's not going to be an easy game against them, but I don't think we ever expected it to be easy. Um, no. And uh, I think we're all just a bit bored of playing them over and over again. <laughs> Him to be honest, there, there were some teams in that third pot that I'd have really liked. I'd have loved to to complete the hat trick in Portugal and and had Sport in Lisbon. Yeah. Um, Inter, not really because we we faced them last year, was it? At some point. Yeah, well, in the last sixteen, yeah. Um, Dortmund, I, w- I wouldn't have minded Dortmund either, to be honest, for for the feeling of an away day. Um, I think Napoli was potentially the worst the worst team that you could have got alongside Inter in terms of who you wouldn't want and we've got them um, and I'll, I'll go on to the, the fourth uh, team in our group which is Rangers they did beat PSV last night 1-0 or through um, what do you think of Rangers a, a good away day what, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like because I'm seeing a load of people getting up for this game already what do you think atmosphere was the first word that came in my mind Chloe to be honest, <laughs> I, I think that that night at Ibrox, I mean, Anfield as well, but just, you know, Ibrox and Celtic Park, they're just so famous for those nights, aren't they? And I, I have followed Rangers a lot in recent years, ever since they dropped all the way down to the fourth division. And specifically, I'm sure you were the same when, when Gerard took over. My interest kind of heightened a little bit, um, wanting him to do well. And ultimately, he, he delivered the Holy Grail, didn't he? He, he delivered the, the Premiership, um, stopped Celtic going 10 in a row. And albeit, I think probably a few Rangers fans aren't happy the way it ended, maybe with Gerard going to Aston Villa, but I'm sure he'll have a special place in the hearts forever in terms of delivering that, well, their, their first title since the whole, you know, it, all the mess started at the club as well. Um, and yeah, it, you know, that was a really good achievement get past PSV because I didn't think they'd do it and PSV had a lot of chances as well but ultimately it's quite funny because the lad that sent them through Antonio Cholak, he scored twice for Malmo to knock Rangers out of the Champions League last season so it's just so funny how football works um, but yeah the passion, the passion is going to be incredible over those two games isn't it and I think it's an incredibly passionate group because Klopp, Klopp this afternoon he even said it, it's a proper footballing group and I think we got the sense of that when when you see the group as a whole. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's the Ajax, unbelievable away ground. Um, yeah. Napoli, I wouldn't necessarily want to go, but they can create an atmosphere. It's the, you know, a hundred percent that that'll be a good atmosphere there. And Rangers, I mean, we already know how good Anfield is, but but Rangers as well. Rangers and Celtic were the ones where I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'd love to be there on that away day, and, and because 
for us, we're getting a bit spoilt in terms of we pretty much do this every season now at, at this point and we're in the Champions League a lot. Rangers, I think this is the first time back in maybe 12 years, I think it was. So, you know, you saw how good they were last year in the Europa League. Now it's the Champions League. So their atmosphere is going to be even bigger. Um, and you talk, you mentioned there how how funny football is with the fact that Chorlach scored for Malmo and now he plays for Rangers. There are other uh, funny little moments uh, across the UCL draw, which is um, obviously Robert Lewandowski, uh, Barcelona and Bayern Munich in the same um, group in Group C. So Lewandowski will make his return to Bayern Munich and obviously Manchester City and Dortmund are in the same group as well. So you will see a return of Erling Haaland back there. Is there any groups that you, you think can look really, really tasty? Um, uh, uh, other than Liverpool, obviously, we've gone through our group. Is there any any other groups you look at and you think, you know what, that'll be some really interesting football played there? I mean, Group C is the one that jumps out, isn't it? When you see uh, Bayern Munich, Barcelona into Milan. Um, Barcelona obviously be hoping for better than they did against Bayern uh, last, last season. You always get one group as well, like Group B, where Porto, Atletico, Leverkusen and Club Bruges, you always get one group like that um, in the sense of, I'd say Atletico are probably favourites to win the group, but easily, maybe with the exception of Club Club Bruges, they, it, the other three would fancy their chances of, of getting through, certainly. Um, Paris Saint-Germain Juventus, I, I, do like, I do like the look of that. I think that's quite tasty. And you know, we've talked about Liverpool Rangers. Imagine Celtic versus Real Madrid at Celtic Park. <laughs> Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, that, that that's going to be incredible. I I, I think on the young, all the other English teams, look, we just you know, Man City. I, I don't think that group will be a problem for them. Um, I would expect Tottenham to win their group as well against Frankfurt, Sporting, and Marseille, and Chelsea again. You know, how many problems will they realistically have against Milan, Salzburg, and Dinamo Zagreb? They didn't look particularly solid against Leeds, but you would still imagine them to finish in the top two in that group. But it's a few very tasty ones. Yeah, I think the the English clubs, aside from Liverpool, are safe. Um, Group C is is most definitely the one that you want to look at. Um, I I I said that Bayern and Inter are going to go through. I I left out Barcelona, which a couple of people didn't agree with. Um, I also I look at Group D and I think wow, Tottenham are in a bit of a, a um. No, well, not a Champions League group. That doesn't look like a Champions yeah. League group. Um, but I thought Frankfurt away would have been an unbelievable, um, an unbelievable game because they've got some really top quality fans. I liked Sport and Lisbon, obviously. Um, but for Liverpool, what what do you think the chances are? Because at the moment, we obviously know we're not playing well. Hopefully, by this time, we'll have some sort of rhythm. But I'm pretty sure. All of the group stage games finish by the 2nd of November, which is absolutely mental compared to the fact that you'd only just be starting them towards the end of December um, in a usual season. But obviously, we've got the World Cup. What 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 are your chances for, for Liverpool and who do you think is going to go through uh, alongside Liverpool? Because I'm assuming you're going to go Liverpool, but if you don't, you can tell me who else. <laughs> no, no, I, I will be. As as much as, yeah, as you say, the form isn't amazing at the moment, the injuries. Um, given that, you would expect certainly some bodies to come back by the start of the group stage. I think it's less than a fortnight, isn't it? That That's how crazy it is. Um, 
my reaction to the group as a whole, it's not the best group Liverpool could have got, but it's by no means the worst group Liverpool could have got either. I, th- I think I think there's a bit of middle ground to be had with it. Um, I, so Liv- I just think the away games are going to be interesting. I, I would back Liverpool to win the three games downfield, that's no problem. And then you have kind of got half the job done. If you win your three home games and don't go through, you've been incredibly unlucky. So based off that, yeah, I, I, I am backing Liverpool to win the group. I think it'll be between. I do think it'll be between Napoli and Ajax. Again, I think Rangers' travel sickness could come into play and, and harm them. But you know, Ibrox, they will feel that there'll be a match for anyone over there. And I'm going. I'm going to go for Napoli because of how exciting I feel the the new breed is. I know you mentioned there and Signe going to Toronto as well. Um, but I watched a bit of Napoli at the weekend. Um, they played Monza. And they have got some good new players. Like, f- forgive me if I butcher this guy's name, but they have a very exciting young Georgian lad called Kavrat Skelly. Oh, sorry, Kavrat Skelia. So uh, I think I got that right. But yeah, uh, yeah it's okay. a long name. <laughs> but um, you know, they, they've got a, some very good, exciting young players there in Napoli. And there's a bit of a change of system. You mentioned Antilotti not being there either, but they've scored nine goals in their first two games in Serie A. So there's clearly a threat there from them. Um, so I'm going to go Liverpool, Liverpool first, Napoli second, Ajax third, and Rangers fourth, which I feel might be a little bit harsh on Rangers, even being honest. But considering it's their first time back at Europe's top table for over a decade, then I don't think that's any disgrace of them in in, in a tough group. Yeah, what what I'm going to ask you is is the the game you're looking most forward to in our group. And then out of the rest of the groups, what mm. game are you looking towards there? Where I mean, if you're anything like me, I have football on 24-7. So yeah. no matter whether Liverpool's playing or not, I'll be watching someone else. But if you had your choice of who to watch out of all those other games that's being played alongside, uh, obviously Liverpool and whoever you choose, what's the games you're looking most forward to? Trust me, I watch football 24-7. I've literally got Hearts versus Zurich on at the moment. <laughs> That's my European football for the day. Um, in terms of the group, it, Rangers at Anfield. Rangers at Anfield. Um, yeah. Because we've had, not that Napoli won't be a good game at Anfield, but we've seen them a few times before. Uh, I've never seen Rangers live Admittedly, I've also never seen Ajax live, so that will be special as well. But I just think that with it being a British derby, if you want to call it that, um, I think there'll be added spice to it, absolutely. And look at the rest of the groups. I mean, Haaland going back to Dortmund, that is up there as well. Um, I know Barcelona and Bayern Munich played last year, but again, there's so many subplots for that. Um, I'm trying to choose one a little bit off the cuff, to be honest with you, but... You know, there just really are some some very interesting groups, and even the likes of you know Chelsea, AC Milan, that is that's a special game in itself as well. And Leipzig, Real Madrid, again, passion. There's literally too many games to choose, Chloe. You put me on the spot there, to be honest with you. I'm literally <laughs> scrolled through every single group, and to be honest with you, it's very difficult to pick out one group when I will literally try and watch as many as I can. I'll have about four screens on at once. Yeah, 100%. You're exactly like me, uh, to be honest there. I will watch any game and every game that is coming my way. Um, I think for me, it is a hard hard choice. I think um, 
obviously that that buying Barcelona and be interesting to see how much they've improved because they it was obviously they lost a two and that was however many years ago. Um, but also for me, it's interesting to see where Barcelona are because. I thought they had an absolute shocking season last year and they've still gone into the Champions League. It's just that easy over in the in the Spanish league. So um it'd be it, it's good to see where about they are um in the Champions League dealing with the big boys. Um but enough about the rest uh, of Europe. Let's get back to Liverpool and let's look ahead to their game against Bournemouth. Um we won't mention what happened on Monday night because I really can't be bothered um, to try. No, and... we, don't, we don't. We don't have to. No, That's fine. We don't have to deal with that again. Um, but what are you looking forward to from this this Bournemouth game? I want a reaction from the players. Um, but is there a is there a change tactically that needs to be made by Jurgen Klopp here? Because how many times have we struggled? And this has gone back years, years. How many times have we struggled against a block that comes and sits, no matter whether it's at Anfield or away from home? If they put 11 men behind the ball, Liverpool really, really struggle to break them down. And we've seen that um, several times this season, but we've also seen it in past seasons. What what are you looking at um, for us to bounce back? What needs to change? I want to see authority. I want to see authority on Saturday um, because... There was there hasn't been enough of it so far, and I know there's absentees, I know there's issues, but at the same time, there's been a lot of kind of panic on the ball as such, and it's it's just not what we're used to seeing under Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool. Um, I all we all need to see a fast start as well. It's not wanting to see a fast start, it's needing to it's needing to see a fast start because I'm sure. We can go over many, many times about the amount of times Liverpool have gone 1-0 down recently, seven Premier League games in a row, nine out of the last 11 games. I said on the post-Crystal Palace podcast, my three-word match report was making life difficult. And that's what going 1-0 down does. You make life so difficult for yourself because immediately, maybe even before the game's effectively started, you have to score two goals. And that's difficult, even in the the situation Manchester United are in. That's still very difficult against anyone. And it, it, it is very frustrating to see. It's um, frustrating for the players as well, of course. Um, in terms of any tweaks, well, I know we'll come on to the team lineups, but there are some changes I would make, and not particularly enforced ones as well, just to be a bit more exciting because... On Monday as well, and I know we don't want to touch on it too much, but for yourself as well, even just despite the possession, and there was a lot of it, were the times of the game for you where it was possession for possession's sake? Yeah, yeah. It was the 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 problem with I don't know how to explain it because of how many at at the beginning of last season it was like we genuinely scored for fun, and now it's like we can't buy a goal. Um, yeah. There's a lack of creativity all over the pitch for me. And the problem is, is we rely so much on Trent Alexander-Arnold for our creative spark. So when he has an off game and then your other left back who gets just as many assists also isn't doing good. We rely on our fullback so much that there's not really a lot for, for, for us to do, especially in that midfield. I mean, 
I don't know what we really thought. I mean, Harvey Elliott's a different a different meaning here because I thought he was our best player um, on Monday night. But Milner and Henderson just aren't going to give you the creativity you need. Diaz looked far too wide for me. You know, Sadio Mane was a player that was always on the shoulder on the inside. Yeah, he could take it down the line. But the reason that Bobby Firmino worked so well with those front two is that when he got, when he obviously went into the kind of cam roll to pick a ball up, Sadio Mane was occupying the space where the striker should be. He'd make the inside run. Um, and Diaz doesn't do that. Diaz doesn't have the productivity that Sadio Mane had. And Salah, we know how good Salah is, but... When Salah's as good as he is, he's getting doubled up near every single time. Um, so it for, for me, it is. I just don't know where we're getting goals from at this moment. We need these players to step up because it's not like we can turn around and go to the bench and say, right, yeah, lads, we're making four subs because we've got the players. We just don't have the players. We don't have. I mean, that that bench against um, Manchester United. I thought to myself. God, if we're in trouble, yeah, the only attacking player we can bring on is Carvalho. And yeah. the only other sub I'd ever want to use is Fabinho because the others are kids. And playing them in a game against Manchester United at Old Trafford when the crowd was like it was, then you're just going to get bullied and you don't want that for a young kid. Um, so for me... It it has to, this group of players have to turn it round. Um, the what the one thing which I didn't like on Monday, which I usually don't associate with a Liverpool football club team, is that it just looked like we lacked desire. We we didn't want it as much. Manchester United wanted it, and Liverpool didn't. We were so relaxed, getting out of the ball. We weren't closing down. We weren't tracking our runners. Um. And one thing that you usually can't say about Liverpool side is, oh, you know, you can't come off the pitch and say they didn't give it 100%. They didn't, you know, leave everything out on that pitch. But it felt like Monday night. It just felt like we weren't, we weren't up for it. We didn't want it as much. And that is yeah. what hurt the most. Um, and I've mentioned this before, but, you know, it, it says something when Virgil van Dijk against Fulham has a bad game and then doesn't come over and clap the fans. And then against Manchester United just walks straight down the tunnel and doesn't acknowledge us again. Um, these players need to have a, 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 to, to be spoken to, I think, um, because these are the same players that have gave us so much and they're still capable of doing it. There's just, I don't know whether it's a mental block or something, but the players that we know so well, and have given us our, the best moments of our life, just haven't come back the same way. And it's very odd saying that when we played as good as we did against Manchester City, and I know we've got players out, but it's not like we're fielding a team where we're like, oh, you know, we, we can't challenge every team in the league. That starting eleven should have been able to challenge Man City. It Like, we are coming out with really good teams. We're just not being able to break them down. Um. What I don't know how to let's talk about Bournemouth then instead of Liverpool and how we solve that because you might solve it with your lineup, so we'll come come along to that. As for Bournemouth, what do you think of them? I mean, um, Scott Parker, to be fair, the, the only thing I'm really thinking about him is that three lined whatever <laughs> dressing gown thing he's got on because it is absolutely shocking. I've seen varying it's prices for it as well. 
yeah, I've got no idea what's going on with that. Um, but they did lose to Arsenal. They've lost to City, and they lost quite heavily to both of those teams as well. Um, but on the opening day of the season, the uh, the the beat Aston Villa two 0 I think it was. Um, and Aston Villa aren't having a brilliant time at the moment either. So maybe that's the reason. But Liverpool are very much well. I say that we're, we're not at the moment, but Liverpool in the past and in recent years have been able to score four goals in a game. We've been able to put people to the sword, which is a bit like what Manchester City did and Arsenal did. Do you reckon Bournemouth's style of play might help Liverpool or do you reckon they'll just sit back? It's interesting because that that Aston Villa game, um, I remember there were a few pre-season comments from Scott Parker saying how the side literally weren't ready to go. Um, They literally weren't ready for the Premier League which therefore convinced me to put Leon Bailey in my fantasy team. And that went really well, didn't it? Um, but I think Bourne, you know, they went, I think they went five at the back um, against Man City and possibly against Arsenal as well. Um, and I'm not sure how expansive they are. I think against Aston Villa as well, it was a case of Aston Villa having more possession than them and Bournemouth, they scored very early on in that game. Um, and then Kiefer Moore killed the game late on. I think it's it's a game where Liverpool have to be authoritative, as I, as I said earlier, because then you're limit. You know, when Bournemouth are coming to Anfield and they're seeing Liverpool aren't in the best of form, would that maybe tempt them to play a bit more than they would have originally? Um, that's something as well that'll be in Scott Parker's mind potentially. And if Bournemouth were to open up, for example, that would undoubtedly play into Liverpool's hands because I think Liverpool almost need a bit of an open game at the moment. Against Fulham, I wouldn't have called it open. I just think Fulham played very, very well. Against Crystal Palace, it certainly wasn't open because Palace were waiting for the, waiting for the breakaways, which they used to full effect. And against Manchester United, it was their best performance under, under Eric Ten Hag so far. You... you you can't debate that, but they were they were close, they were compact, and it was very difficult for Liverpool to play in between the lines. Without criticising Firmino, again, he dropped that deep. As you say, his, his space wasn't then vacated, so it's almost then that there was no one in the centre-forward area, no one in the central area to hurt United. Um, so that, that that's a key consideration as well. And I think Bournemouth... It, it, it's very similar to Palace in that the longer that it goes on nil-nil, the more Bournemouth would grow in confidence. And that's why a good start is so crucial because it's it's coming to the point where early goals will really help this Liverpool team. Just get a bit of confidence, get a bit of fluidity back because then the second you get that scoring feeling again, get that feeling of going in front, which Liverpool haven't had this season apart from the Community Shield, then you will start to feel it a bit more as well because... I know we're looking forward to Bournemouth, but again, if you look at how Newcastle played against City, it's crucial to go into that game with a win because that Newcastle team are full of confidence as well. So there's there's a few different elements to this in terms of why Liverpool have to start well in this game. And ultimately, I know we're only four games into the season, Chloe, but it's must win. It's must win. Yeah, it is a must win. I mean... You mentioned Liverpool starting fast there, and I think we did start really, really well against Crystal Palace. But the problem was, was when we didn't score. Yeah. Uh, 
we got a bit frustrated and then we got bit on the arse because they went and they went and caught us on the counter. Um, and I think that is what we're lacking. I mean, we had Darwin Nunes for that game, who is pretty much a, a lethal striker. He was in the Champions League, you know, last season, but he couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. I'm a bit concerned that Firmino's not even going to get in those areas for us. That is going to, I mean, this is these are the teams that you think, yeah, we need a Darwin Nunes because if they are going to sit back, let's put a ball in the box and let him go and attack it. He's tall enough, he's strong enough. You've got there was times against Manchester United where we we just needed to get out and give our defenders a rest, but there was no one who could hold the ball up top. Um, so I think you know we are missing Darwin Nunes. Um, and you know he's he's caused that by getting a red card for something stupid, and hopefully he doesn't do it again. Um, but I think Liverpool have started well. They started well for the first fifteen at Crystal Palace. It was just we didn't score, and then we got bit. So maybe starting well doesn't always mean we have to be, you know, extremely attacking and overgoing for it, where we leave ourselves open. I think it just means even just us keeping the ball and just passing it about and getting a bit settled down not having not behind anything you know what i mean which we 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 totally didn't do against manchester united which once again i don't know where the game management is there because they've just had a protest outside you know it's going to be rowdy just get the ball and keep it for five minutes and liverpool just couldn't do that and we were under the cosh every time um, do you think that Bournemouth have the players to hit on the counter? I don't know whether Dominic Solanke is a 50-50 for whether he'll start. He, he did pick up a knock, so he, we could see him or not. But do they have, obviously, Crystal Palace have Zaha, um, Eze, Ayu. They had the quality to get him behind. Um, do Bournemouth have the same quality? Because even Manchester United, they had the pace. They had Sancho, they had Rashford, um, they had Martial when he came on, they had Ronaldo when he came on, um, and they obviously had people pulling the strings. Do Bournemouth have that level of quality? I would say Bournemouth are much more of a target man team, especially when you look at Kiefer Moore. Um, he's got a lot of qualities. Uh, a lot of people say a lot of good things about Kiefer Moore, but he's not particularly want to run in behind um or i wouldn't imagine that it'd be someone that would easily get in behind van dyke and gomez to be honest um i think they'll they'll go with three three in midfield i'd say at least you're looking at billing pearson lerma um all players that maybe are more renowned for their tough tackling getting stuck into games and actually influencing the game in terms of a forward perspective. Because against Arsenal, against City, I think they set up in more defensive manners. Um, you know, the likes of Ryan Christie started against Man City, didn't start against Arsenal. Um, former, former Celtic midfielder, got plenty of experience in attacking areas. I think they are more likely... They're more likely to set up defensively, I do think, and aim for maybe knockdowns from Kiefer Moore, play for set pieces... So I think in, in a way that kind of takes away the elements of Liverpool having to be a bit too cautious in terms of looking out for counter-attacks from Bournemouth. Um, but at the same time, then you do have to worry about set-pieces, maybe, which is something that Liverpool haven't been too concerned with so far as well. So Bournemouth just pose different threats, and it's for Liverpool to 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 beat them and fi find ways to, to deal with those threats, really, because it was a much-changed team from Bournemouth as well uh, in the week. So... You can't even look at the fact that 
they played in the week really. I think it was borderline a full team change apart from one or two from the game against Arsenal when they played Norwich in the Cup. So majority of their team will be fresh and ready to go at Anfield, but they will pose different threats and I'm not sure one of those threats will be counter-attacking, to be honest. Yeah, Bournemouth definitely do have ways that they can attack Liverpool. But what do you think uh, Klopp's lineup should be to find the solutions and to stop um, Bournemouth's effectiveness? Very interesting this because obviously I'd be interested to hear what you say as well because there's one or two selections that you might agree with, but I, I just think they're they're almost called for. So of course, Allison and goal, Alexander Arnold, Joe Gomez, Virgil Van Dijk. I'm going for Costa Simicas at left back, and the reason why I'm going for him is Robertson just hasn't looked himself recently, and he's been substituted in all three games as well, which is is just it's, it's a strange one um, where where Robertson's concerned, isn't it? Because you normally consider him, uh, you know, a, a, ni- a ninety minute man. Um, apologies, he didn't get he didn't get substituted against Fulham. I do apologise. But in the last two games, in the last two league games, um, he's been substituted. He was substituted very early on against. Crystal Palace, wasn't he? Which I thought was a little bit strange at the time, but if there's a fitness issue which we don't know about, it might be the right thing to do. But I think it's the right thing for Costa Simacast to start this game. Then Fabinho, it blew my mind, to be honest, Chloe, when Klopp said that Fabinho, it was a decision to put him on the bench. I just think, unless there was a fitness issue which wasn't talked about, benching Fabinho at Old Trafford is crazy. Absolutely crazy, to be honest. Um, so he goes straight back in. Um, I'm, pl- I'm, t- I'm tossing up on a few different players here, but I'm going for Jordan Henderson alongside Fabinho. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm only going with the two-man midfield against Bournemouth because I think the emphasis is there for Liverpool to go for it at the weekend. By which I mean, I'm going with, with the front four of Elliot, Carvalho, Diaz and Salah. Salah up front. Diaz on the left, and I think Carvalho and Elliot can change between central and right. And I just think that's an exciting team in a game where Liverpool can't afford not to win. Yeah, I I really, I'd, I'd love to say that as my answer as well, but sadly, I, I just don't think that's how Jürgen Klopp. I mean, I I'm, that'd be my preferred lineup. Um, I'd love to go to a 4 2 3 1 and just. And have a bit more about it. I, I like the. I think Harvey Elliott, no matter what, has to start because he was our best player. Carvalho came on and was more effective than any of our from from forwards. To be honest, he's the reason we scored that goal. Um, it's his shot. But when he picked the ball up, he just did something that other or other even including Harvey Elliott didn't do. He drove at them and made them move back. Um, and it's it, it's hard because. Jürgen Klopp's not going to change from a 4-3-3. And if he does, and he goes with what you've said, brilliant, I look forward to it. But I sadly don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to go to his 4-3-3, his trusted. He does it all the time. You know, we mentioned midfield here. There was a time in the Champions League where he used to play Henderson, Milner and Wijnaldum and everyone would be there like, are you taking the mick? Where's the creativity in that midfield? But it it was familiar to him. He liked it. He liked to be safe. He liked to be secure. And he did it. And I'm not too sure he goes with four. He might do at some point in the game, but I don't think he does it from the start. Um, Costas. I said Costas, but then someone said to me, would he not give Costas? I said... 
I want Robertson back for the for the Everton game, and we obviously play Newcastle. So Costas mm-hmm. for me gets ninety minutes of that Newcastle game. Yeah, so I can we see play that. back to back. Um, so I, I think he'll keep Robertson, but I would like Costas personally. I, I I would like that, but I'm I'm going with what I think he's going to go with instead of a preferred lineup. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then the midfield, I think he will go with is Harvey Elliott on the right, um, Fabinho sitting and Henderson on the left. And we'll just have to see how he does on the left. I'm not too sure why Harvey Elliott won't play the left-hand side of midfield when he's left-footed. But there we go. Um, And the front three, I'd love to start Carvalho, but I just don't know if he does it. I think it's Firmino, Diaz and and Salah. what 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 I'll say one one for for Carvalho, given I, I think he has Premier League quality. Given that he he flourished so much in the Championship last year, and Bournemouth came up from the Championship. That's how that's how, that's why I think it's it's a good start for him as such in terms of his first Premier League start for Liverpool because it's a it's an opposition where at least he'll have tasted going up against them before. Yeah, I think it, it's a good point. I hope. I'd, I'd like him to start. Um, my my the lineup I've said I would not want, but that is what I think Jurgen Klopp will do. Sadly, um, and Jurgen Klopp's won us everything. So who am I to turn around and say he doesn't have a single thing? Um, and if it gets us the win, who cares? I like the idea. I think Carvalho and Elliot were the only two people from Manchester United who could come out with their heads up high because they were the only two that actually gave a damn and tried um, and had something about them. The rest on the pitch were hiding. Um, I just, I also just don't know whether he does it. I think he likes Bobby Firmino too much. I think he likes the familiarity of it. But if you're going with Bobby Firmino, he is not the type of, like, we don't need someone coming as deep as he comes when you're up against Bournemouth. It's just not going. You need someone to occupy those two centre-halves so they have to think about things and mess up. That is what you need. And Varane and Martinez... Didn't even have a player that was going in front of their vision, even if it was just running across the, you know, the two centre halves. They didn't even have that, so that Sutton was in their eye and they'd, they'd forgot about Sutton else on the other side of the pitch. It was far, far too easy for their centre halves, um, and I, I just hope we have a bit more about us. I hope the crowd gets behind us as well and gives us Sutton because the Reds seriously need to bounce back. Um, Anything can happen this season and each week it's looking less and less likely we'll ever be able to win the league. But Liverpool can still come back. They might not be able to win the league, but they can still come back um, and they can challenge and they can do something. Um, So hopefully the Reds do get three points this week against Bournemouth. Um, If you did like this podcast, then please do rate it five star on Spotify and leave a review. Uh, Give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening to this. Uh, We'd really appreciate the support. Um, And until the next one, we will be back, hopefully, with obviously Bournemouth reaction and then looking ahead uh, to Newcastle and the Merseyside derby. So do make sure uh, you're keeping up with the content from us. But yeah, until next time, up the Reds.